Come join Libby and Molly, the ladies of consignment chats, as we talk about all things consignment. Customers, sales, where do we get them? Where do we start? Where should we put our focus? Oh my gosh, it's so overwhelming, right? Well, all right, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. Let's talk about it. So a lot of times finding customers, figuring it all out is kind of like throwing spaghetti at the wall. I've been there, right? You throw, you see what sticks, a couple things stick, you go with that, the rest of it falls to the floor, you have a big mess to clean up. I've been there. All right, picture it. 2014. I'm in my store. We are in the store. Not a customer walks through the door for two days. Two days, I'm paying people, they're working, employees, not a customer is coming through the door. And why wasn't there a customer coming through the door? And why was I in panic mode? It was when Facebook Marketplace and the Facebook groups took off, like the local groups, and everybody was all enthralled with that. And they were putting their stuff online and they were doing porch pickups and they were, and I was freaking out. I was panicking. And it it just really wasn't a good situation. But the good news is, let's back it up. I had a plan. I had an overarching goal. And we brought ourselves back to center. And we realized that there's always these things that are happening. There's always the next best thing, the next greatest thing that people are adopting. There will be those days that are a little bit scary. I mean, you're in business, you're an entrepreneur. It's going to happen those days when you have zero sales. But when you have a vision, when you have a plan, when you have a strategy, when you know where your customers are coming from, you can ease those worries. You can ease that pain. So, all right, let's talk about it. Um, hmm. So I've given this a lot of thought over the past couple of days. And I think the first thing we really need to look at, and I think I'm really always going to go back to this because I truly believe that it is important to have a mission statement, to know where you're headed, to know what your goals are. If you don't know that, it's going to be, really difficult to understand what I'm talking about and to decide where to put your focus. So go back to our episodes on mission statements and goals. I will link some of them up here for you and really decide where you're headed with your reselling business. Because it is our goal to build a resourceful community of collaborative resellers. Okay, let's get into it. So when I was thinking about this, and I have to say, all right, so all of these ideas are developed here. They're floating around in my head. So I'm going to do a real high level overview of what I'm thinking, what my thoughts are on the subject, and hopefully it helps you. We will be going more in depth on this as we develop these concepts and as I am going to put together some visual representations of what we're talking about. The reason this all started was the See It with Sea Chats, our first episode, and we talked with Sorting with Samantha, and I put together a visual representation of her business process. 
And what that got me thinking was, all right, so we have the business process. We know how we list these items. We know how we sell these items. What does that customer flow look like? Where are our customers coming from? What, is, what, is, what does that all look like? Because we all want customers. We all want sales. That's why we're in business. Okay. So two different business models generally with reselling. Maybe you fall in between these two, but I'm going to set this up for us. Okay. So we have a, what I'm going to call our linear model of reselling. This is you do not have a brand you are selling stuff. It's linear, right? You have items, you are selling them and people are buying them. So you're distributing them maybe to multiple channels. You're going where the shoppers are, right? And when that shopper buys something, your items are just such so disparate. Maybe it's like a yard sale seller, or I keep thinking of scavenger life. Um, This is a great business model. It just depends on and and what you're doing. So you're putting your items where the shoppers are and you're not trying to bring them back to your brand. You're not necessarily concentrating on repeat customers. You have a linear business model, right? So, you know, eBay has the biggest audience. You're putting your stuff on eBay. It doesn't matter if you put it on 10 different platforms. Your shoppers aren't shopping your brand. They're shopping your item. I hope this makes sense. Uh, you're not you're you're not investing any time or energy into social media, into developing a brand, into having repeat customers. You are just putting those items out there, and your goal and your mission is to rehome those items and make some income. All right, so that's the linear model. You go where the customers are. You go where your biggest audience is. The second model is, I think, one that. Probably the majority of us employ, I'm not saying it's better. I'm not saying it's worse. I'm saying it's probably one that more of us use. And I'm going to call that the circular model. So what that looks like is we have a brand. You have your business. You have your name. Mine is Conchie Consignment. It's behind me there. (laughs) Um, And you are bringing customers to your business. You are bringing consigners to your business. And what I really want to concentrate on is what that customer flow looks like, where you need to be and what that looks like when you develop your customer base. So I'm going to consider that circular because you have to think you have consigners and customers, and then you have customers coming in from different platforms, and you're trying to cycle those back into your brand. You're trying to create brand recognition. And for those of you that haven't seen it, I do a great spotlight with Maria, the stylister. So I'll link that up. And she talks a lot about branding. And branding, if you're using this business model, is very, very important. I also think it's very important that you probably limit and make things easier for your customers. So you're going to concentrate on who your ideal customer is. And we'll be getting way more into this in the coming years. So excited. But you're going to need to have an idea of who your ideal customer consigner is in order to do this effectively. So uh, go back, check out branding, check out that spotlight. And we are looking at things from that customer consigner perspective. And I think one thing that was really transformative for me 
was when we did our spotlight episode with Sarah, uh, Sarah Marshall, Four Corners of Consignment, or the Consignment Corners. I'm going to link that up as well. And uh, she made the point, and it was so valid, that we spend so much time recruiting and getting more traffic and trying to you know, pull more people in, more traffic, more people, more customers, that sometimes we lose sight of what's right in front of us. And that is our current consigner and customer base. So if you've been in business, you have that base already. And I wasn't constant. I'm going to be totally upfront and honest. I was not concentrating on that base. I was making that mistake that she talked about, which was concentrating the majority of my efforts into pulling more people in, into getting more foot traffic, into getting more customers, when really I was not capitalizing on the customers and consigners that were right in front of me and making them happy. I'm not saying I wasn't putting any effort into it, but I really hadn't capitalized on the people that were right in front of me. So give this some thought if you are employing this circular model. And leading into this, so we have consigners. And as consignment sellers, we often have an abundance of consignments, an abundance of consigners, whether that is family or friends or whatever that looks like. These are people that are already invested into our business. These are people that are integral to our business. So don't discount them as customers as well. Don't discount, don't be afraid to say to them, hey, you know what the best way to boost your income is? Is to promote our business. Share us on Facebook, share us on Instagram, you know, put the word out there because the better we do, the better you do as a consigner. And it's just a really neat relationship. So even though they may not be your shoppers, a lot of times they can be your shoppers and your customers as well, but they could be your promoters. I mean, it's the better, the better we do, the better you do, the more item, you know, the more we're out there, the more, the better your items are going to sell, the higher price we can fetch for your items. So you might want to figure out a way to present that to your customers or maybe, or your consigners. And when you're doing an intake, go ahead and, and mention that. Tell them, you know, it would be great if you joined us on social media, if you, if you, you know, talked about us to your friends. And in a previous episode, I talked about the consigner contract. So that is an easy line when you're describing your consigner contract. You use that to promote yourself, you know, be proud of what you do and tell everybody, right, Ashley? (laughs) Um, And use that contract to say, you know, the better we have a vested interest, we want to get the most for your items we can, we want to do the best we can for you, because the better you do, the better we do, and the better we do, the better you do. So um, feel free to join us on social media, feel free uh, to promote your items, feel free to tell people, you know, if there's something uh, they're shopping for that they can find it probably with us. And a good example of this is, all right, so in in 2014, this is actually going back to the time where I hadn't had a customer walk through my door in two days. I had a consigner and 
I made it very clear to my consigners, you know, if you were trying to sell something previous to bringing it to us, please direct your customers to us, right? So she had, it was a, um, like an Irish wool sweater. It was maybe like a $70 sweater. So, you know, not chump change, decent sweater. And she forgot and she still had the Facebook marketplace listing. Uh, it wasn't Facebook marketplace at that time, but she had it listed in one of the Facebook groups. And she actually sent the buyer to us who continued to shop. And so she was thrilled because she got a percentage of the consignment. I was thrilled because this buyer came in, visited the store, shopped for other items. So just work on those relationships, build them up. They, they are important and they can pay, play a big role in your success. Okay, so you're developing these kind of relationships and that works online or with a storefront. I think it works both ways, but capitalize on those consigners you have, even if they aren't shoppers. See how you can give them what they want, sales, right? <laughs> okay, so I have some notes here. Like I said, this was all in my head and I'm just putting it out to you guys uh, with the help of some input from our community members. Thank you guys. You know who you are. I appreciate all your input in putting this together. Okay, so you want to cycle those customers back to you. So the way I do it is I use eBay as as one of my venues. So for instance, eBay has 159 million active buyers. 159 million active buyers. And they do not limit the marketing material you can send out with your order. So somebody orders something from me on eBay, of course I send them information and a coupon for my business. I direct them to my website. I direct them to conchiconsignment.com, right? Okay. They're coming back. They're going to recognize the brand. Now, not every person obviously is going to recognize the brand, is going to take advantage of that coupon, but you probably have about 30 to 40%. You're developing those new customers that are going to come. Um, I like them to come on my Facebook page because that's where we have the best community. But wherever you're directing them, you're directing them to your business, to your brand, and you are taking those in as your customers. I think that's an awesome way to increase your reach and increase your brand. Now, Poshmark has 60 million active users, not buyers, users. So a lot of those are sellers too. Um, just you know, keep that in mind. They do not allow you, as far as I know, to include promotional uh, material, but check their rules and regulations uh, that direct people back to your brand. So if you're trying to gain new customers, just take that into consideration. Maybe that's not the best use of your time, or maybe it really works for you. I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> all right. So we have Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all of your social media selling sites, do they integrate with your brands? Are you able to obtain new customers for those? And that depends on your following. Uh, Maria, the stylist, also mentioned that she uses live sales to build her brand. Um, personally, I use it for existing customers. So it's not really a brand builder for me because I am doing those sales on Facebook. So 
once people recognize my brand, then they go to the sales. But however, she uses it. Um, she does sales on shop shops and she uses people. She directs people to her brand, her website, her um, Instagram page from there. So that's a way that she pulls customers in. So I think that's a really good point. If you're doing live sales, you need to. So let me back up just a second here. All right. So I'm assuming that you have your mission, you have a brand, you know where you want to direct people, right? So have a consistent base for your customers to come back to you, whether that's your website, when they look at you, um, they know, all right, I can go to Maria the Stylister's website and shop for her items. I can go to Conchie Consignment, I can shop for their items and make it easy, make it easy not complicated. Okay. So that's how you pull people into your brand. And that's kind of where you're going to pull your customers for. And again, this is just for the circular model. This does not apply so much for the linear model. When you have this circular model, one thing that you need to be cognizant of is how confusing it can be for your buyers if you don't have strong a strong brand and it's not broadcasted everywhere. How easy is it for a customer to find an item and buy it from you? So I've seen this a lot and this is more in the beginning of reselling. Let's say I'm following Jane's shop on Instagram and I think, oh my gosh, those shoes are perfect. They're my size. I need them. I click the link in her bio. I see she has items on Poshmark. I see she has items on eBay. I see she has items on Mercari. I I can't find these shoes that I really want to buy. How many clicks am I going to take? How irritated am I going to be um, by the time I find out the price and I'm able to purchase them if I'm able to find them at all? I can't tell you how many times I've done this. Quite a few. So really consider things from a customer's perspective. Is your brand cohesive? Is it easy for your customer to shop your brand, to shop your items? Are you sending them in 10 different directions? Are they going to be frustrated? Learn from my mistakes because early on when we were developing our online store, we were everywhere and it was very frustrating for our customers. And we probably lost quite a few in the process by not having an easy, well thought out plan for our customers. So how I circumvented that is I have a website, I have all my inventory on my website. And when I say on my website, I really mean on eBay, I just have it hooked into eBay. And all of my inventory is there. So somebody can easily click on that, they know it's available, they can easily check out. All right. And I'm going to go into that. I'm going to do a see it with C chats. I'm going to do a whole description of how um, my business process is. I'm not saying it's the greatest. I'm not saying it's without flaws, but I'm, I am saying that it definitely helped avoid some of that confusion that customers had. So really think about things from a customer's perspective and how easy it is and if you're using this circular model, do they know who you are and are they easily able to make a purchase? Okay. <laughs> I have so much to get into with this. I just, oh my goodness. All right. So 
we talked about the consigners. We talked about pulling them in as customers. We talked about that circular thing. We talked about Poshmark, how you're not really supposed to uh, add promotional material. eBay, you are easily able to do that and feed people back into your brand, whether that's your website, whether that's your Instagram, whatever your primary method of developing your customers is. Um, Macari, oh yes, Macari had 19 million active buyers. So that was eBay at 159 million active and they are worldwide. Uh, Poshmark at 60 million users and Macari at 19. So when you're investing your time and energy, take those, take those numbers into account. And all right, here's what I really want to get into. And this was a primary reason for me doing this video. And I don't want it to come off as negative, but I feel like it is my responsibility to address this because a lot of the software companies are pushing consignment stores into this. And I'm going to talk a little bit about Shopify websites. So it's touted as a good thing. So Shopify is just kind of like the back end shopping cart of your website and you can plug it in. It is not really a platform because you have to do most, most of the work. Most of the taxes are a whole other thing that you have to get into when you do Shopify. When you use the other platforms like eBay, Poshmark, Mercari, they take care of the taxes. You don't have to worry about that. Uh, Shopify, if you're selling in 50 states, and some states have multiple tax jurisdictions and multiple tax rates, you have to be able to handle that. So, all right, take that into consideration. But here's what I want to say to you. Shopify, you have zero million buyers, shoppers, customers. You have to drive all of that traffic to your website. It is a very overwhelming full-time task that people pay thousands and thousands of dollars for to drive traffic to an individual website. Now, there are those scenarios where this works. If you have a really strong brand, if you have hundreds, if not thousands of shoppers that come to you for something very specific, if you are, for whatever reason, you have that niche and you are able to drive that much traffic to your website to stay in business and make that many sales, that's awesome. Um, I'm going to reference back to Samantha and sorting with Samantha. She uses Shopify, but she has an existing customer base that she directs to her website because she runs an independent Facebook marketplace auction group. She has that traffic. There are very few, it's probably the exception where you have the, the traffic. And I've seen a couple of consignment store owners fail because they have opened a Shopify website and they expect it to have the traffic because they have their own website. It doesn't unfortunately work like that. It is it's just a very overwhelming task to drive traffic to your website. You don't have those, you know, you're looking at 159 million buyers on eBay worldwide versus zero on your Shopify site. Well, you're starting at zero, right? You're going to have customers that come. And 
I really just want people to take that into consideration. I don't think you're driving customers by having your Shopify site. Maybe you build your brand and then you have the Shopify site or you use Instagram. Um, I'm just thinking of one very successful person who has a very niche model and drives traffic through his Instagram site to his um, Shopify store. It's not the vast majority of us. I, I tried having my own website when I first started and believe me, it was, it was brutal. And if I continued with that model, I definitely um, would not be in business today. So please um, just, just take that into consideration. Don't consider Shopify as a platform. You need to be able to drive your own traffic to that. And that is a very, very large and demanding task. And us resellers, oh my gosh, like, and consignment sellers, we are so busy listing and examining and processing and dealing with items that we don't really have the time or usually the resources. I'm sure there are some of us out there that do have the resources to be spending the money on SEO and driving those that kind of traffic we would need to sustain our business to our own personal website. I mean, there are multi-million dollar companies that haven't been successful at this. Okay, so there, I'm getting down. Molly, thanks for letting me borrow my soapbox back. I just feel like it's my responsibility to go ahead and put that out there because it does really concern me when I see uh, sellers thinking that they are going to have the sales just because they open up a, a Shopify website. I, you know, I tried it. I've been there. I see the appeal of it and I see why people do it, but just proceed with caution and maybe consider all the altern alternatives and just look at a chart of where your customers are coming from. All right. <laughs> so that, that was fun. Um, and we are going to get back into uh, ideal customer, ideal customer, and where our customers are coming from and who we are targeting. But, you know, that's going to be another episode. We are going to put a lot of effort into that and walking you guys through that so you can have the best customers, the best sales, and really build your brand if that is the business model you choose. And I'm going to circle back and I'm going to say it is not the only business model. There are a lot of sellers out there that sell a wide variety of items that use the linear model. They don't do social media. They literally sit and list and sell items all day and they don't have to get into any like worrying about um you know, building a brand or anything like that. And they can be successful just like that. There are so many ways to do this. And um, these are just, and these are just two, these are just two extremes of consignment reselling and what different people do. So we've been having um, a lot of fun in the community lately. And there's been a lot of interaction. We've helped a couple of people with their mission statements, which I think is an awesome place to start. Uh, I did say that <laughs> it took me nine years to come up with a mission statement and it was the best 20 minutes I have invested in my business ever. So 
Um, thank you guys for helping us to focus and to bring everything. And a lot of times there are so many bright, shiny objects and there's so much going on and there's so many varying opinions that it tends to look a lot more complicated than it actually is. Reselling is simple, but it's not easy. So I'm trying in these episodes to kind of distill that down and help you make better decisions and bring things into focus and make them more clear and simplify them because they don't need to be so complicated. And a lot of times we lose focus, you know, focusing, you know, like uh, jumping over to the next best thing or worrying about a little detail here, or we have this little hurdle, like, our motto here at Sea Chats is you just keep going. There's always going to be something, you know, bright and shiny that we want to try over there. Um, and there's always going to be some hurdle um, like I experienced in 2014. That was uh, Facebook and Facebook local sales groups that really affected my brick and mortar. There are going to be postal rate increases. There are going to be increases in fees. Um, what else? I mean, there's always, always something. But what we do is we just keep going. And that is really, in my opinion, what makes all the difference. And hopefully this helps you focus on where your sales are going to come from and where your customers are going to come from and where you need to focus your efforts. I'm going to leave you with one final thought. And all right. So when I had the storefront, it would often, I would have uh, the local newspaper come in and they would do like a feature on the business and Think about where you're advertising, where you're putting your efforts. So this is an example of something that really didn't, it sounded great, right? You're getting a feature article in the paper. Uh, people are recognizing your business. But because I didn't have a mission and because I wasn't that focused, the result of those newspaper articles was absolutely detrimental to my business. So what I would get is who reads the newspaper? Generally, it's the older population. Are they going to be shopping with you for new, fun, collectible items? No, no, they are not. They are going to be jamming up your phone lines and, uh, you know, trying to offload their items, trying to consign their items. And it really was difficult because I put myself in this position, right? We're out here, we're this consignment store, we're taking in items. And to have to tell these people, you know, your items aren't really the ideal items, uh, you know, and not to have the resources to do all of that customer service that could have been better spent. So if I had had this focus initially, I would have realized that that newspaper article could have been differently focused. It could have been focused on fines and not consignments and you know, if I knew who my ideal target was, I could have addressed that in the interview. But, you know, live and learn. 
So just know who your ideal customer is, who your target audience is. And when you figure that out, you can be proud. You can tell everyone. You can use your consigner contract to drive business. There are so many things you can do and so many mistakes you can sidestep um, by just having a clear focus and knowing where your customers and your ideal customers are coming from. So thank you. I hope this helps you guys. If it did, please like, subscribe, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And um, for all things, just visit us at consignmentchats.com. We have a lot of cool stuff going on and we'd love to have you as part of our community if you are one of those collaborative resellers out there. So until next week, cheers. Thanks for joining Libby and Molly, the ladies of Consignment Chats. To find out more and keep chatting, find Consignment Chats on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and podcast. As always, you can find all of this information at consignmentchats.com. Thanks for joining us.